What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, Lions, Hyenas, Vultures, and GameStop, Tom Friedman's Nature Show explanation of the week that was. The really smart vultures ate and flew away when the stock was $500. The dumb ones are going to stick around and keep eating. And in the end, the lions will come along and eat them. It's the circle of life. Akuna Matata, baby. And Lady Gaga, the master entertainer, is speaking out about rebuilding community post-pandemic in a conversation you'll hear only on Squawk Pod. One of the most important things that we must reestablish is community. I've always believed in community. I believed it. I believe in a kind community. And I believe that community is one of the ways that we're really going to pull ourselves out of the mental health crisis that is occurring as a result of COVID-19. The COVID safety initiative she's backing to get us back to concerts again and what it was like singing at the presidential inauguration. I think it was perhaps the biggest crowd I've ever performed for in my life. I can say truly that the, the heart of the Capitol was beating and it was beating strongly. Those stories and the continuing power of Elon Musk's tweets. It's Friday, January 29th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. As we crash into this Friday, we um, have seen the market kind of exhibit a lot of volatility this week, as you probably know. Wednesday was the biggest loss that we'd seen for the markets in about three months. Thursday, yesterday, we made up some of that ground. Dow was up by about 1%. So was the S&P 500. NASDAQ was up by about half a percent. That wild week for GameStop continues as well. That stock is up sharply. That doesn't even describe the moves that we're seeing. That stock is up by almost 100%, almost doubling its price this morning, a gain of $187 back to $381. And here's a rundown of what you may have missed if you weren't locked on CNBC since yesterday morning. 24 hours, a lot can happen. In fact, at this time yesterday, GameStop was trading at around $500 a share. It plunged just before the opening bell as word spread that Robinhood and interactive brokers were restricting trading and opened the session solidly in the red. That stock closed down at $193.60. That was down 44% from Wednesday's closing price. But it rocketed back higher in the after hours trading as Robinhood said that it would resume limited trading of previously restricted securities in today's sessions. After the losses from yesterday, the steep losses that it saw during the day, though, GameStop shares still up about 400 percent for the week. And that's before you're looking at these gains of this morning. So, uh, again, this is one that uh, you can't blink or you're going to miss something, Andrew. Um, it has been a wild ride and uh, the ride continues. Joining us right now for a look at Challenges ahead. New York Times foreign affairs columnist Tom Friedman, his latest column made in the USA, socialism for the rich, capitalism for the rest. And thank you, Tom, for joining us. In very many ways, I think your column speaks to what we've seen happen in the markets this week and what this Reddit army, in fact, believes and what they're they're fighting against. 
Well, you know, Andrew, I see the whole thing is like I'm watching a giant um, National Geographic nature film. This is how I would actually explain it to a young person who's trying to understand what happened. I mean, like a like a five year old. Um, first, there were these people um, called lions. They're long sellers. And they, um, uh, you know, they noticed a wildebeest that um, seemed to be uh, hobbling. It was called GME stock and they ate it. Um, uh, this stock was $163, went down to four. Then along came the hyenas. They're called short sellers. And they fed off the carcass of uh, GME. And these hyenas, they're magical hyenas, they actually made the carcass grow 50% larger than it really was. Then along came a group called short squeezers, a new whole new group, okay? Um, and they uh, were vultures who ate the hyenas, basically. And um, uh, the really smart vultures ate and flew away when the stock was $500. Uh, the dumb ones are gonna stick around and keep eating. And in the end, the lions will come along and eat them and the stock will eventually go back to four or $5. It's the circle of life, Akuna Matata, baby. I'm saving this clip. I, I, you, you've explained it in a way that uh, my four-year-old would understand and I think it, you've, you've done a brilliant job at that. What do you think it says, though, Tom, about this moment that we're in? Because it, it speaks to, in some ways, about issues that are far broader than, than the stock market unto, them, unto itself. Clearly, the folks who are playing in this and trading in this are not necessarily doing it for traditional investment reasons. Yeah, well, what, what you see here, Andrew, is a phenomenon we've seen everywhere. Um, so um, back in, in 1999, I wrote a book called Lexus and the Olive Tree. And in that book, I, I identified, I, I started to find two things. One is I, I defined cyberspace as a realm where we're all connected, but no one's in charge. Okay. And I said that in this cyberspace, you can create electronic herds um, and you can get super empowered individuals and small groups. In fact, I, I coined this phrase, the super empowered angry man who back in 1999 I called, I identified as a guy named Osama bin Laden. Now what happens is this is democratizing everything. So you and I know that uh, the news business got democratized by this thing. So with this thing, anyone now can be a paparazzi, a filmmaker, a publisher, or a newspaper. And the whole news business got democratized. There used to be the New York Times, and now there's BuzzFeed and Medium and everything else. You know, So what we're seeing here is the democratization of finance. Suddenly now, with the thing with Robinhood and these other and these tools, anyone can now be a short squeezer. You know, a, a year ago, only Carl Icahn could be a short squeezer against Bill Ackman. Now we've seen the democratization of short squeezing. Now, the bigger question, I think, Andrew, is um, what happened when, when cyberspace first emerged back in, in, you know, in the 90s after Netscape went public? Um, uh, we looked at it and said, well, you know, it's kind of a cute place. There's a guy named Jeff Bezos out there, and he can sell books and not pay sales tax. You know, and that was kind of the biggest issue. But what's happened now in cyberspace is it's developed its own currency called Bitcoin. Um, uh, it's developed its own um, uh, transmission uh, information system that are encrypted called Telegram. Um, it's developed its own news sources. And these are all, and many of them, outside the scope of government. So look around the world, and you guys have been reporting this. you got sort of three models out there. 
the Chinese said, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, we are not going to allow an independent space um, where you can have your own currency, your own encrypted telecommunications and your own news system. What happened in China last Jan in January when they went after Alibaba was very important. The Chinese basically said, we would rather have Alibaba be a second-rate global company and under our control than Alibaba be a first-rate global company and out of our control, okay? So China basically said, they ain't going to be no cyberspace. Uh, Russia's the other extreme. You got Putin. He put, has a foot in both spaces, cyber and the terrestrial world. In America now, because we, we, we do everything sort of laissez-faire, we kind of let it all happen. And then we try to regulate it afterwards to try to find some hybrid balance. And I think that's the process we're in now around news with Facebook uh, and Twitter and right. now around markets. That's basically what I see happening. So, so Tom, though, but if you were a regulator, a policymaker uh, in this country, what is the right answer? Are you trying to regulate this new area, which can be used both to, to create the Arab Spring and GameStop, and as you've talked about, terrorism and other things, good and bad? Or are you trying to regulate the system or break up the system unto itself, which is what some of these people want in the first place? Well, it's a really good question, because what you learn uh, about these things is that they have huge upsides and huge downsides. And the challenge of governance is always to get the best and cushion the worst. I watched what happened in Tahrir Square. I was there. Um, and there was this self-generated crowd, and it was amazing, and, and people applauded it, and it brought down Mubarak. But then it was taken over by the Muslim Brotherhood, okay? So, you know, it, it, these things can easily be manipulated. There's something incredibly efficient about what the Reddit investors did. They taught me something. I didn't know, Andrew. Maybe you did. I'll ask you. Did you know that shorts could actually short 50% more of a company than the stock even existed? Now, what possible economic and social good can come from that? So, so I, I think they've actually, in some way, they're making the market more efficient here, all right? Because I didn't know you could do that. And if there's no regulation against that, there sure as hell should be. At the same time, I think there's a real danger in romanticizing them or romanticizing themselves only in the sense markets are driven by greed and fear, greed and fear, greed and fear. At the center of this thing, the, the Reddit, initial Reddit investors, these were really smart people. You know what they remind me of? They remind me of the hackers that cyber companies now hire because they're so good. And they hire them to test hack other companies to see if you know, there are any holes there. And so I, I, in right. the end, I think there'll be a hybrid synthesis here. That's what you find. And government's going to have to let this sort of play out and see how it all ends. Right. But um, they exposed something important that Tom. I didn't know. Tom, we want to thank you. Uh, you've made us all smarter. Um, I am going to save that tape. Akuma Matata, and uh, we will see you very soon. Appreciate it. Next on Squawk Pod, Lady Gaga, entertainer extraordinaire on getting through this pandemic as a community. I have to say the hardest thing for me has been watching the pain that this has caused the world. It's a disaster in the way that it has separated us, the way, the way that we've had to be apart in order to be whole. And what it was like. Singing at the inauguration. We'll be right back. 
Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. This is Squawk Pod. In the past week, you might have seen ads about building safety with celebrities like Lady Gaga. We all want to feel safe in the places we spend our time. And Jennifer Lopez. So look for the Well Health Safety Seal outside and feel more confident going inside. The idea behind the campaign is simple. If a building or event venue has satisfied an array of safety and health checks designed by teams of virologists, public health officials, and architects, that building gets a seal or sticker on its doors and windows. If you see the seal outside, like JLo said, you might feel more comfortable going inside. At least that's the hope. I caught up with Becky Quick. There's so much pent-up demand for people to get out back into the world again after almost a year of the COVID pandemic. Yeah, I think we are all sick of this. I mean, we know what we're supposed to be doing. We know the stakes have gotten higher. We know this pandemic isn't slowing down. We know there's new variants out there. But man, the emotional um, wear and tear that this last 11 months have taken on us, I think everybody feels the same way. Please let us get back to some form of normal. It's, uh, you know, primary thing I think about every day for my kids, for me, for my family, I, I miss my parents. You know, I miss, yeah. I miss being out and being able to have a cup of coffee with somebody. Like I never thought I would miss something right. like that. Like even the commute to work, <laughs> you know, let us get back to some form of normal because this takes an emotional toll and a steep one. I don't miss the commute to work, but you know. yeah, I'm lying about that. part. <laughs> but I did used to listen to the radio and hear things in the morning. I mean, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm doing it different ways now. Um, I miss having a few minutes of quiet time to myself. And that was yeah. about it. Yes, yes. All, all of our routines have changed. And you spoke to Lady Gaga, who, I mean, has her finger in so many pies when it comes not just to, to touring and the live concert industry, but she does films, she does digital stuff, she's doing talk shows and promotions and all this stuff. And it was really interesting to talk to somebody about how this kind of pause in life has an impact on somebody who's so public and high profile. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of caught me off guard when we first heard the pitch for this. It just seemed like kind of a weird thing for Lady Gaga to get involved in. She's really got a lot of charitable um, organizations that she's been involved in and, and on high level stuff, too, like getting involved with WHO. Mm-hmm. I, but I, it surprised me to th- to think of like a good housekeeping seal of approval, something that says, hey, this building is, is good. They're doing things right. It just seemed like kind of a mundane thing for such a big celebrity to get involved with. And, but she lays out very good reasonings behind it. This is the key to being able to get back is people have to feel comfortable. You have to feel comfortable before you're going to walk into an office building, before you're going to walk into a restaurant, before you're going to get on an airplane again. And there have to be standards that you know 
Um, if it's not your local pizza guy who you just know really well and it's, you know it's going to be safe or, you know, your local dry cleaner because you know the person who, who's running it, you, you have to be able to feel safe in places and there has to be a standard way of doing that. And that makes sense. This is the first time you've gotten to talk to her. And how does it go yeah. when you're interviewing somebody who's a celebrity and a really known face and a really known voice? How does that go the first time? Well, the weirdest thing is, what do I even call her? Is she Lady? Is she Lady Gaga? Is she Gaga? Is she <laughs> Stephanie? Would you like me to call you Becky or call you Rebecca? What, call me Becky. Call me Becky and I call you Lady Gaga, right? Okay, yeah, call me LG. <laughs> okay, well, I can do that. Lady Gaga, I, I want to thank you for being here. I have to say, I was a little surprised to hear your involvement with this because I know you have lots of charities that you do, but th this one's a little unusual. Tell me why you got into it. Well, you know what? Thank you so much for having me. Well, Becky, you know, I like to uh, always make sure that I'm working in the service of the global community and kindness. And, uh, you know, IWBI's uh, science-backed protocols are something that I immediately took to. I think that, you know, during a global pandemic of the proportions that we've just witnessed, one of the most important things that we must reestablish is community. I've always believed in community. I believed I believe in a kind community. And I believe that community is one of the ways that we're really going to pull ourselves out of the mental health crisis that is occurring as a result of COVID-19. Yeah, I, I hear that. I, I can't wait to get back to people and, and, and maybe give people a hug at some point, too. Um, but the music industry in particular has been pr hit pretty hard. Live events have been canceled for nearly a year. And we've talked to a lot of people on the show who've suffered from that. People like the lighting um, artists, the makeup artists, the caterers, behind the scenes people. These people have been without work for a really long time. What, what have you seen? What have you heard? I mean, it's been absolutely disastrous for the lives of many people. Uh, there's, there's simply no jobs for them to have. There's no uh, concerts for them to work. Uh, that that goes everything from everything from cleaning the spaces to concession stands to working uh, behind the scenes to build sets. Uh, uh, sporting events are not the same anymore. Uh, entertainment events are not the same anymore. But what's really great about uh, what um, the Well Building Institute has done is that, you know, places like Yankee Stadium are going to be able to have a well health safety seal and you'll be able to go and see performers that you love, as well as see the Yankees, who are my favorite team. <laughs> Your dad owns a restaurant in New York City, right? Yes, he does. He does. It's called Joanne. It's a wonderful restaurant and he's very, very proud of it. And I'm so very proud of it as well. How's he doing through all of this? I know restaurants in, in cities everywhere have been hit pretty hard. It's been very difficult for my father, you know, and, you know, we're a family, but my father's always been very proud to have his own business and work very hard on his own. And he's it had really been suffering. Uh, it's been very difficult, but he's not the only one. And he understands that. He understands that he's also a man of community and he cares a lot about the restaurants in the neighborhood as well. So, you know, I, I really wish my best wishes to everyone that owns small businesses. And I really hope that uh, the well health safety rating, you know, being put on the windows and the doors of these buildings will help really inspire people to feel safe to go out into the world again. And then, like I said, rebuild that community spirit. Uh, once we start to rebuild that community spirit, we can rebuild ourselves. Is this plan working with small businesses, large businesses? What have you heard so far about how it's gonna be rolled out? 
Uh, well, what I know about it so far is that there's 1.4 billion square feet that are enrolled in well offerings. Uh, and we're approaching 1 billion uh, square feet of real estate with 100 leading organizations, uh, 8,500 facilities. So it's moving in the right direction. And I think that the most important thing to remember is that We've been inside for a long time at the recommendations of the government and the CDC. And as we start to see that places have, you know, a well seal of approval, approval, we'll be able to go back and live our lives more like we used to. And uh, I think that this is essential that, you know, what 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 really drew me to IWBI in general was that this is essential work. And in terms of everything that's happening in the world right now, even with vaccinations rolling out, you know, and making sh- making sure that only essential people get vaccinated first, you know, these are the types of things that I really care about. Hey, LG, what's been the hardest for you through this? What have you missed the most? You know, I, I have to say the hardest thing for me has been watching the pain that this has caused the world. I mean, watching families suffer, being away from each other, watching uh, people uh, lose family members, not being able to go to the hospital to be with people that are sick. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's a disaster in the way that it has separated us, that we, the way that we've had to be apart in order to stick, to become, to be whole. It, it's, it can, it's, it's, it's an epic disaster. But I do believe that we have also witnessed bravery unlike we've i've maybe ever known in my generation other than during september 11th i mean i'm from new york i was there uh, when the twin towers were hit and that same kindness that i saw in new york city is something that i do see in uh you know the world right now and we need to stick together and i i'm i'm a part of this iwbi advertising because I, I believe in it, and I think it's super important. And if we don't do work like this, how are we going to know what's safe? How can we make good decisions? How can we work together? I think this is a sign that we're going to start working together. Yeah, I think that's great, and I certainly hope so, too. I loved your performance at the inauguration. to ask you what was it like singing to such a small crowd that's not really the norm for you oh i didn't think that crowd was small in any way I oh, thought, it, it I, felt so different from tv because we couldn't hear the background noise but you oh, you sounded amazing it was um it was uh it was the great honor of my life to sing the national anthem between potus 45 and 46 um i, I um I in no way felt that that was a small crowd. I think it was perhaps the biggest crowd I've ever performed for in my life. And uh, I can say truly that the the heart of the Capitol was beating and it was beating strongly. The Super Bowl is coming up too. And I I was thinking back to your performance in in 2017. And the question I've always been wanting to ask you is how in the heck did you have the guts to jump in from the roof? I I almost threw up when I watched you do it. Uh, Well, you know what? Uh, I don't know. I guess I, I always like a challenge, you know, and um, some of the challenges to me, I, it's funny. I look back on moments like that on my life. And I think that at the time I thought, well, here we go. And this is going to be very difficult. But um, uh, as I've gotten older, you know, I'm 34 now, uh, I'm faced with different types of challenges. 
challenges that are much have much deeper meaning to me and um, you know working alongside uh, the World Health Organization with Global Citizen for example during uh, the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis you know it's part of what led me here to talking about you know an independent health and safety rating um, because you know it's it's this is essential work. I'm not saying that it's not essential that I play at the Super Bowl, but it's much more essential. I think that uh, that we, you know, raised money at the beginning of the year. I spent uh, six to seven weeks with House of Gaga and my partner uh, Michael uh, raising 150 million dollars uh, for the World Health Organization for the Solidarity Fund, um, and this is something that we uh, care deeply about. So I take it you're really happy to hear that the United States is rejoining the World Health Organization at this point with the new administration? Yeah, I am a firm believer in Dr. Tedros and all his work. So, yes. You know, one thing just in the business world to ask you about, we've seen so many artists with incredible legacies like Bob Dylan and Neil Young who have sold their catalogs recently. You think that's something that your generation of artists looks to as a possible future? Are you watching what they're doing and kind of taking note? Um, I'm sorry, I think we the to wrap it up now. Sorry about that. Okay. LG, I want to thank you for your time and the work that you're doing on this. I think it's incredibly important. And I think you doing it gets a younger generation to really pay attention to this stuff too. So thank you very much. Thank you, Becky. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk to me about the importance of building community with the uh, well health safety rating as a you know science-based uh, strategy that we can implement together. Um, I, I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the future and continue to raise awareness about IWBI and its partnerships with uh, many other entertainers and performers that care so much about the world. Let's hope we're all back out there watching performances and getting everybody back to work soon and, and, and just getting Can't to wait to like dance with you. Okay, you thanks a lot. We appreciate show. your time. Oh. Okay. I'll be there. So that was an interesting end to the conversation. <laughs> Rather abrupt. Um, we knew we were working on a deadline that, that we had 10 minutes. And that's, that's what happens when you do these media whirlwind tours. You know, everybody's got their exact time mapped out. You get 15 minutes, you get 10 minutes, you get exactly what it is. And you better right. not go over because, it, you know, I, I understand it. So they, they've got to move on to the next person. I thought I had a minute left. The idea of celebrities with huge catalogs, right? decades of work behind them, people like Bob Dylan, people like uh, Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac, all of these artists that we've known for for generations are all looking at ways um, to change their revenue streams a little bit after 2020. And it's a fascinating story, what they're doing. Yeah, look, all of them are putting up the rights to their catalogs and, and selling them. And guess what? They're getting really big bucks for it. They're, these are guys who are looking maybe at the pandemic and what happened, but they're also really smart and savvy investor types and business types. And if you look at what they're getting for those catalogs, it's gone up enormously. When you see a bunch of the old timers doing it, don't trick yourself into thinking they're getting senile. These are the ones who are the <laughs> smartest at business because they have been around the longest and they have survived and they have watched this. And every one of them is an absolute um, you know, business killer. This was so fun to, to hear Lady Gaga and we're all, I know, you know. I was excited. I, like, I was really looking forward to it. She didn't disappoint. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, 
no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. And they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash methane. A tweet by Elon Musk sending another stock soaring. The Tesla CEO tweeted a photo of his firm's new sedan, the Plaid Model S, and suggested it would be able to run several video games, including cyberpunk. Then Musk tweeted that the aesthetics of cyberpunk are incredible. Okay, those tweets sending the stock of the game maker sharply higher. The German listed shares of CD Projekt jumped more than 12% in yesterday's session. I probably would have put this story first, but uh, who am I? Musk also sending Bitcoin soaring. And the reason I would have put it first is because look where it is on his um, cover page for his Twitter account. That was not there before. Hashtag Bitcoin right there. And he also, uh, he added that hashtag Bitcoin to his Twitter bio. And then he also sent out a cryptic tweet that I don't really think is that cryptic. He said, in retrospect, it was inevitable. So I I don't know what, maybe it is cryptic. I'm not going to ascribe any uh, motivation to what he means by that, but I can come up with a few. Bitcoin, uh, in the space of 30 minutes, uh, went from below 30,000 to to above uh, 37,000. Um, something else I was thinking about, but I already, I already forgot. I already forgot. Anyway, there we, uh, there we are. Did you see that, Andrew? I mean, that happened this morning. It, it seemed. I like. did. And, I oh, did. I know what I was going to say. And then I, 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 Elon is so clever. Remember the movie Get Shorty? <laughs> I yep. mean, is that not? Suddenly, I'm thinking, wow, uh, they made a film uh, about this with Chili Palmer and in uh, John Travolta and everything else, but. Is that not an appropriate term for what's happening here? Get shorty. And they are. Get shorty. Yeah. You know, when I think of get shorty and all of our conversations about minivans, that's what I think about. Remember I know. The minivan? Yeah, that great. Yeah. The the uh, Rolls Royce of minivans. What was that? It was the, the, the Oldsmobile. Yep. It was like might have been the worst of all uh, of all the minivans. Um, but they're all bad, Becky. See, you I can mean, be cool with a minivan. You can be cool with a minivan. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're they're the minivan, but I'm not proud of the it. joke. That was the joke. You cannot be cool. Well, Danny DeVito actually thought you could. You cannot. You cannot. Anyway. And that's Squawk Pod for today. GameStop and Gaga, what a week. Thanks for being a part of it. Please share any of our podcasts from the last few days with anyone wanting to understand the Redditor Rebellion. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. This podcast is produced by me, Katie Kramer, Cameron Costa, and Caroline O'Brien. 
John Laceration is our editor. Subscribe to Squawk Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. We'll meet you back here on Monday. Have a good weekend. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.